0: Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm.
1: Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guests would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. And on today's show, we have Mehdi Kajbav. He's the CEO of Matboard & More, the number one online retailer of custom matting and framing. They've been working on the site since 2012 and have helped tens of thousands of customers get picture matting to showcase their art. He studied at the University of Waterloo in engineering and completed his MBA at Schulich. He loves traveling the Maple Leaves and believes you got to live in the moment to create your future. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Great to have you.
0: Yeah, very excited to have you, Maddie. You've built a great business with Mattboard and more. We'll save some time at the end of the episode to talk a little bit about that. But our podcast is about a new business idea that you are going to share with our listeners and help them achieve some level of success, hopefully similar to what you've done with Mattboard and more. So. Let's get right into it. Tell us about the idea you would like our listeners to run with.
2: Yeah. So the story behind this one is my cousin recently bought a house and I went to go visit him and he's all about now this smart home, you know, the Amazon Alexa, the Google Nest, Google Home, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, obviously I've heard about it a ton of times. I've never actually went to anybody's house who had it. So the idea is it's a very simple one, but it's to provide a service that helps people to smart enable their homes. Look at the lights. Get the security cameras. So many things you can do.
1: Cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love it. This has been something that actually Ethan and I were talking about this with a uh, a friend earlier this week. He's very much into smart homes, and he's building a blog to educate consumers on smart homes. So we'll be sending this directly to him and have him <laughs> start the master plan here. How do you think about an opportunity like this in terms of being not that impressive as a business or you know, simple or something that anyone can do. Someone out there listening may be turned off by that idea. What's your perspective on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I 100% understand where that thinking comes from because we have, as a society, we've kind of created entrepreneurship as this like massive, big concept, Silicon Valley, VCs, everything's got to be multi million Uber, the next Airbnb, that sort of thing. And that's what we associate entrepreneurship with a lot of times because that's what. We've been taught maybe in what we see in media and you know awesome shows like Silicon Valley, but the truth is that most entrepreneurship is not really that big in that sense, but entrepreneurship is about working for yourself, it's about creating value, it's about finding opportunities to make money using your own skill sets and so a business like this, thinking about it from the context of your listeners and this podcast, is something that anybody could start pretty much tomorrow. It doesn't require a whole lot of backend research. It doesn't require a ton of knowledge. And so it's something that I feel has a lot of value. And I think it's something that anybody could pick up and start working with immediately. And so that's why I brought it to this podcast because I think it would be effective in that sense. And a lot of entrepreneurship is about just doing something. We just talked about that before the podcast started, but it's this idea that it's not about reading a million books. It's not about coming up with the next Uber, coming up with the next Airbnb, coming up with some massive idea. It's about getting moving it's about getting in the mindset and learning how you as an individual can begin to create value. And once you build that momentum and once you get started with that sort of mindset, then I think you know, it'll lead to more and more opportunities, whether it's this specific smart home installation concept or something else. But this is a beautiful idea to get you going. And I think you'll make some quick money and you'll get that momentum building and who knows where it goes.
1: I like the who knows where it goes factor. And for some reason, it makes me think of something like Amazon. I mean, what was Amazon when it started? It was a guy who said, hey, you know, we have bookstores, let's put it online. And he focused pretty much on just delivering books to people and making it a great customer experience. And I'm sure he had his own grand visions, but they're probably not anything near what actually is happening right now. Maybe that's better. Maybe it's different. But I like this attitude to bring to our listeners. Stop thinking you got to create the next Uber tomorrow if you want to be an entrepreneur. Start with something that's profitable and you understand and you may learn more about entrepreneurship that way.
2: Yeah, for sure.
0: A word that comes to mind for me in thinking about this business is humble. And the entrepreneur who's going to start something like this They have to have a level of humility around what they're doing and and to be able to accept that, okay, I'm not going after this big picture idea. At least that's my perspective. Is there? Do you have another idea for what is holding people back from starting this business or a business like this?
2: Yeah, that's a tricky question and I get asked it all the time. It's interesting. In my circle of friends, we're not entrepreneurs. I did the MBA and a lot of my friends are in banking. A lot of my friends are in consulting all have amazing jobs all very very successful but in my family and in my personal life i don't know a lot of entrepreneurs but i get constantly asked you know how did you do this what made you do this how did this come to be you know i actually thought about this a lot as these people keep asking me these questions and it comes down to values in my mind it comes down to values and it's not easy right like people talk about entrepreneurship being difficult and i don't think it's for me, I never felt it was difficult in the context of like, you know, the work was really particularly challenging or I needed to be some kind of genius or anything like that. The difficult part was just doing it constantly, day in, day out. You don't have a boss. There's no one there to tell you what to do. No one holding your feet to the fire. So you need to wake up every day and work on whatever it is that you're working on, find ways to create value, find ways to be productive. And to me, this is a mindset and it comes down to a value. So entrepreneurship. For most people, I think, is I don't I don't know. From the friends that I've discussed, it's not held to that standard of there's nothing else I would rather do. And I think that's the level you gotta be at to be a successful entrepreneur. You gotta wake up every day and say, I need to do this because I need to create this business for whatever reason. For me, it was because I needed to achieve freedom. Freedom was the fundamental underlying value that drove me to entrepreneurship. It wasn't about becoming really rich, it wasn't about even like necessarily creating a successful business, I didn't even really know what I was doing. But I knew that I needed to be free. And so when the opportunity for Mapboard came along, that's all I could see. This was an opportunity for me to attain the kind of freedom that I need to be happy in my life. So I don't know what drives other entrepreneurs. You know, I'm not sure everybody has their own thing that drives them. For me, it was to achieve this freedom financially. And, you know, from a time perspective, to allow myself to do what I've done. I get to work when I want. I work from home. I travel when I want. I have an incredible lifestyle and that's achieved through my entrepreneurship. For somebody else, why do they want to do it? And when I say, why do they want to do it? I mean, you got to dig a little deeper than I just want to work for myself or I want to have some money. There's got to be some true, deep value that drives you. And if you don't discover that, I think it's hard to be successful. So for a business like this, I think it could be a stepping stone towards freedom. If I didn't have Mapboard and More, if I didn't have what I have, I'd probably be trying a lot of these different kinds of businesses. Because I could see that if you do this really, really well, it could lead down the line to having that freedom. If for somebody else, entrepreneurship is about meeting new people, you know, I think this business could help you with that too. It's not a networking opportunity. If it's about learning new things, maybe that's what motivates someone. This would allow you to learn new things. But whatever it is that you want, there's gotta be a deep understanding of what that value is. And then hopefully this business lines up with it or some other entrepreneurial pursuit lines up with it. You gotta have that deep understanding of what drives you. So for me, freedom, never gonna get that with a regular job, right? There's no job that's ever gonna provide me the level of freedom that I need. So there was no alternative but to find an entrepreneurial avenue towards, you know, gaining that.
1: One thing you just brought up, which may slip by people, this may also just be a feature of entrepreneurs in general, is Finding value where other people don't, creating value where other people don't. And you said it might be a networking opportunity. My first steps into being an entrepreneur, self employed, whatever you want to call it, was as a piano tuner. And I would go to people's houses and do their pianos. Well, one thing that's interesting, if you look at piano tuners across the board, some of them kind of go in and out like this sort of grumpy guy who just, or gal who just wants to like get the job done. Don't bother me. I just want to do my job, get this done. I don't want to hear how how little you know about this and demonstrate how much I do. And and then there's some people who do that job and they meet all the people that they work with and they sit down and they get offered tea and cookies and sandwiches. And then they start building these relationships and got to have a certain income to own a piano. Maybe you have to have a certain income to install the smart home technology, right? Mm -hmm. And so you might be an interesting person. So I love that aspect of it. And I love giving the nugget that no matter what you're doing, even if the business is not profitable or fails or whatever it is, you can get value out of it. But if you're not looking for it, you won't. So important. Very, very important. Yeah.
0: Let's start talking a little bit about implementation here. And I imagine we'll be able to jump all around. But if you were to launch this idea yourself, what would you do right now?
2: You know, I think the beauty of it is that I live somewhere. Everybody here probably lives in a home or a condo or something like that. Make it smart, right? That could be step one is go out, buy the equipment, the Alexa, whatever you decide is best and enable your own home. Take a few days to do it and learn all the ins and outs and all the capabilities. So that would be step one. You know, I would sit down and buy the stuff and learn how to do it myself.
1: I like that as step one. Again, it's something that you can get value out of whether you continue with the business or not. You know, you've got a smart home now and you can utilizing that. So you didn't just kind of waste your money on an investment.
2: Yeah, you got to find it cool, right? I mean, part of the process is you make this smart home. And my, my cousin, for example, who I've recommended that he pushes this idea, he's a web developer. You know, he's got his daytime job, but he's again, he's always talking about wanting to do something entrepreneurial, doing something for himself which again, a lot of people ask me these things. And I told him, this is it. This is it right here. Like, you love this stuff. Like, you're like playing around with these smart things. Got all these like boxes full of equipment and he fell in love with it. This is amazing. Now you know so much about how this works. And whenever somebody comes to your house, all you're doing is showing them, oh wow, I can turn off the lights in my bedroom or, you know, "I'm, I'm hanging out with him. And he's like, let's look at who's at the front door. And he's got the security camera. And he's just very excited about it and he loves it. And I'm like, well, you know, just go put an ad on Kijiji. So maybe that's kind of your step two, right? But it's like, go on Kijiji or I guess you guys in the States, I think Craigslist is probably more popular, but it's free, right? Or you have a minimal advertising cost and you just say, hey, I'm a smart home installer or not even going that far. Just call your friends who have homes. Everybody lives somewhere, right? And say, hey, check out my house and have a party. Get a bunch of people over to your house and show them all your cool smart home things and say, I can come and do this for you. Maybe I can even do it for free just by the equipment. And next thing you know, you're installing smart home stuff at other people's houses and they can tell other people to do it. And it just grows from there. If you don't love the whole smart home concept, if you're not excited about it, if you don't find the technology, then you wouldn't pursue it. But that's why step one is so dead easy. Just buy the stuff and do it yourself.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, a brilliant point because it, um, the underlying idea there is also find something to work in that's easy for you, but may be very difficult for others to do right? So this is something that you are inherently getting enjoyment out of. If you are that person who is inherently getting enjoyment out of, it's going to be much easier for you to build this business. And it can be difficult to remember that there are a lot of people outside of maybe our demographic right. who hate this Absolutely. stuff, who, who wouldn't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole, who every time, I can't tell you how many times my wife curses out Alexa for not <laughs> doing the right thing, especially with the board. At night, she asks the lights to go on ten percent. It doesn't work, and she's just crazy. So, um, and that's someone who's young and tech savvy. There are many other people out there who could benefit from something like this, but wouldn't know how to touch it with a ten-foot pole. I know that Amazon is targeting older people too, with mobility issues or or vision issues, because it can greatly increase their quality of life.
2: Well, and I think that's a really good point. Nobody really knows what it is, even though everybody knows what it is. Nobody really knows what it is. You, I don't know about you guys, but literally the only person that I know who has a smart thing is my cousin. And like, I have a lot of tech savvy friends and they all kind of know, but like, they've never actually lived in a house or walked into a house that has this stuff. I don't know if that's true for you. Maybe in the US you guys are, are further along in that, but you know, do you guys have a lot of houses where you, you know, go on your phone and turn off the lights and check the camera and there's a red light over here and it's a blue light over there and you can play music from any room and it's little fun things, but have you ever actually seen it? Like, actually used it?
0: I'm a tech nerd, so I, I have some amount of that in here. I use Alexa every day to turn on and off the bedroom lights. I wouldn't classify myself as the uber nerd that has yeah. the multicolored light bulbs and you have a certain set of your movies. I haven't gone that far. My brother does that.
2: <laughs> when you go to your friends' houses, so though, do they have that? or
0: No, I am in the very... Small percentage of people who use it as regularly as I do. I don't know anyone else who I engage with regularly who uses it anywhere as close to as much as
2: I do. And I'm just curious: when when people come to your home, do they find that cool? Like, do you ever like show off? Or
0: um, I do show off at times. I yeah, I've got some integrations that are nifty, and people are like, oh man, I had no idea you could do something like that. Right. But this is speaking exactly to your pain point, where. When they see that, they're like, I would never know how to set something like that up. I would like to have it, but to set all that up, is seems like more trouble than it's worth.
2: And it seems expensive. When I saw that stuff, I'm like, oh my God, you probably spent like a $1,000 to do all these things. And it's like, no, it's like a few hundred bucks. You can get pretty far along and get you know a lot of the features that you need. So that's why I think it's kind of a cool idea because people think it's much harder than it is. And people think it's much more expensive than it is. But honestly, with a few hours, and if you're somebody who knows what you're doing, in a few hours, you could make someone's house so much cooler for, what, a few hundred dollars and a few hours of work? And from their perspective, it's not even really a cost because it's stuff that they need anyways, like light bulbs. And you can actually save money, right, by having all this smart technology over time. What I mean to say is that it's not a hard sell once someone's seen it. And once you kind of help them to understand that it doesn't really require you know a whole lot of tech savvy and a whole lot of money. So that, that that's part of the appeal, I think, of a business like this.
1: I love the angle of it of being like a tech consultant or a savvy consultant on these type of things too. So in the first case, just offering people free consult sessions where you say, well, let's talk about what you have in your home already, what you don't, and what are some things that would actually save you money over time if we installed them, right? A lot of people still don't have these. I don't have one yet, but I probably look at, I'll look it up again after this episode and go, oh yeah, I should probably get one of those. Like a smart thermostat for right. your home. Yeah. And those things, once you get them, they do, they, they actually end up saving money. But people, they just don't think about it. They're intimidated by it. But if you have an interview with a family and you think about, ask them all of the things that go on in their life, you say, oh, we should set you up with this smart thermostat, then it'll be a no-brainer.
2: Oh, it's such a thing that like, I talk about this business as if somebody should do it. And like, I personally, like, I'm going to call my cousin and like, just like, come over and do this for me. Like, <laughs> like I don't care if you've started a business or not. Like, just come, because it's so annoying. Our house gets so hot at night and so cold during the day. And it's an old school thermostat. And I'm like, if somebody could just regulate that a little bit. That'd be awesome. Or I was in Mexico over the holidays. And, you know, I kept thinking, like, did I turn the lights on or off? I just couldn't remember if I, like, I could check it, right? I could look at a camera. I could probably even, I think, control the lights even from there. I'm not sure. I think it's probably possible. It's a little thing, right? But but that'd be nice to do. It'd be nice to be in Mexico and know that all the lights are off. And it only costs, like it's nothing. It's not an expensive thing. It sounds like, oh my God, that's crazy, but it's really not that expensive. And just to expand on it a little bit, so I have one friend who does this on an industrial level. But he does it for like, he got like a $50,000 contract to do like a security system for like a, a big real estate place. So he's taking this further. And I think that's one of the cool things It's like, so it starts as this small, just kind of, you know, tech consultant, go to people's houses, help them with their smart home stuff, but apply it on a larger scale. This is a huge business, right? And if you start getting into like security systems, legit, that's a much bigger business. And so there's a lot of room to grow in this space. If you want that, if you want it to go beyond like a side hustle into something much larger, these kinds of installations, tech type of stuff. You can go in and install people's, you know, satellites for their TVs, and now they have all these um, IPTV stuff. That's another kind of offset, like a side thing that would kind of go along with this. And there's no shortage of technology in the home. So if you want to think bigger, that's what this is, right? It's not just lights and securities. It's technology in the home, and so there's a lot of room for growth if if you're into that sort of thing.
0: One thing that comes to mind is people are going to develop a lot of skills that are foundational for entrepreneurship by starting a business like this. Sales skills, drafting contracts, maybe you figure out how to take credit card payments. There are a lot of little things that add up to big impediments to starting a business that you'll have to figure out in the process of doing this business idea that's pretty approachable. I think that in itself is, again, the word humble comes to mind. But after you start a business like this and try it for several times, you're going to learn a lot of skills that You had no idea that we were holding you back from starting different businesses.
2: You hear a lot about a lot of successful entrepreneurs. What was the first job? You know, I I shoveled driveways. I mowed lawns. Maybe a little bit later, you know, I I did painting people's homes. So those are more difficult, I would say, in terms of like physical labor. But that's entrepreneurship, right? Like when you see the little kid who's like going out, knocking on doors to shovel people's driveways, you know, he's got a mindset of I'm going to make a buck by creating value. This is kind of similar in that vein, but I feel like it's, a, it's more complex. So there's more value and there's more room for growth. I mean, how many mowing lawns? There's only so many lawns you can mow and there's only so much you can do. But this, it really scales as you, you know increase in complexity of what you offer. But it's kind of one of those businesses I almost think about where it's anybody can do it anywhere, but there's just a constant need for it. How much do you think someone could charge for this service? I mean, how much would you pay, right? I, I, I would pay... I would say, on top of the parts, right? You know, on top of the light bulb, I'd pay someone 100, 200 bucks to come in for a day, which I think is pretty good. You get a couple contracts a week, start at that, three, 400 bucks, a couple thousand a month. The more you do, the more you make. But I think this could be a full time gig for someone who really, really wanted to, to push it. But yeah, I think you could easily make like five, 600 bucks a month on the side starting.
1: I'll uh, add a couple of things to when we think about growing a business too at a certain point if you want to continue with this it it turns into oh how can i contract other folks to go out and do these installations and manage the process so i'll add that if somebody is getting started with this on their own you want to document the process that you go through as if you'd ask someone else to do it and one thing that i highlight that came up a couple times from you which i really appreciate and want to call it back is do like special things and have fun with it and with the clients, because that's the type of thing that makes a business like this better. It makes it more powerful when clients are like, oh, like, yeah, they came over. And not only did they install this, they set up this special little trigger that I never would have thought. And then the next day, the thing turned on and it said a thank you message from the installer or something like that, right?
0: If I can share an example of that, I read on Reddit, someone had set it up such that when they ask Alexa, who's right? It says, Daddy is always right. <laughs> it's just like a little
1: thing you set up. Right, right. Yeah, have fun with it. And that's the word I wanted to bring back is fun. I mean, you, you talk about networking, you talk about having a party, having people over and having fun with that. And I think that it's easy to forget because there are hard moments in entrepreneurship. There's a lot of them. There's a, there's a lot of struggling moments. But a lot of the people who become more successful are the ones that see the fun in everything that they're doing. And make it fun for the people that they're working, with, that they're selling to, and creating value for. So I, I love that that's coming up here, and it, it hasn't come up so specifically before. So I think it's worth pointing out.
2: I'll tell you even my own example from my own business, you know, Mapboard and more. And it's it's hard to sustain. I will say now it's eight years in. So you know, having to find that joy, find that fun. I can tell you when we first started, we had a like a ringtone on my phone every time we got an order, like cha-ching, you know, right. And it was the most fun thing in the world, right? <laughs> and it's just like you hear that cashier sound and it was fun. It was super fun. Now, you know, we're getting over 100 orders a day. So it's like, you know, you can't have that every single time. It gets annoying. But you got to find ways to enjoy, right? So we have, for example, like photo contests and people send in their artwork. And you know, I see you got some really cool stuff in the back, like those little mats there. And I guess it's fun for me to see that. Like I see you have that frame with like that, like we could have done that. That could be in someone's home. And we're creating products every day that change people's lives. So you got to be connected to your business, right? You got to be connected to your customers. You want to talk to them. You want to hear those positive things and and, and keep it lighthearted. Because, yeah, the moment you take it too serious and you get disconnected and, you know, you focus on the numbers or the metrics and and you get too deep into that world, I think it starts to fade. You got to have that spirit. So, yeah, have fun with it. This would be a really fun business, I think. I think it'd be a really fun business if you want it to be, right? If you find it fun.
1: And to be honest, oftentimes the more fun you have and the more fun you make it for your customers, the more you can charge.
2: Because yeah, you're bringing yeah.
1: fun into their life. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's great.
0: Can you think of some ways in which someone could jumpstart this in addition to Craigslist? So one that comes to mind would be reach out to home theater installers and offer to partner with them. They could upsell their services when someone's already getting that done. Then on top of this, you can control your home theater using Alexa. It's an extra $200 to get that entire system set up. We can do your lights as well. Are there any other complementary businesses that come to mind where you can do a joint venture with another company who's also selling to uh, homeowners?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I'm sure there are. I just think like a lot of the stuff you buy online nowadays, so that might be a little bit trickier, but I will say like the best way to grow a really small, kind of humble business like this is through word of mouth. So if you do quality work, people will refer you, and that's probably going to be where you get the most growth. If you really want to go all out with it, of course, you can make a website, you can do Google AdWords, you can do Facebook, and find all these other avenues. It might be effective, but I think in the short term, it's best to just get started, throw up a smart home party, come check out my lights, and kind of grow it from there. I, I would think that that's enough to, to keep you going. So yeah, but partnering with uh, in local businesses, I'm sure it's going to be helpful, but I have a hard time right now thinking of other ones that might work with that.
0: Another uh, potential income stream that comes to mind is Amazon affiliates. So if you were selling the service, you could also say, I'll procure all the equipment that you need and charge you my standard percentage markup 20%. And then you use an affiliate link for yourself to make that purchase. And you can get, I don't know exactly what the percentages are now, but 15% or something off of $200 worth of equipment, that adds up.
2: Yeah, I think you could make money on like being like a distributor almost. If you buy enough of this stuff, there's probably a wholesaler out there, maybe Alibaba or something like that, where you could probably get a whole bunch of it cheap. And maybe you even make money on the product as opposed to just on the service. Yeah, I think that could be, that could be part of it.
1: I want to call in another angle on this type of idea that came up in a previous episode. Richard Bitten came in and he talked about residential window cleaning business. Mm -hmm. And initially when he came in, we thought, oh yeah, he's going to say, you go in, you you get a bucket and you get a towel and you clean people's windows. And he has a really interesting take. And he said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm just going to find people who already are cleaning windows and are really bad at marketing. And I'm going to find some college kids who just need to make money for the summer. And have them go around selling this service and then just connect them. So I'm just kind of like the overseer of the whole process. And I don't know if we want to go into it in detail because I don't know if it's exactly similar. But it is one of those things where maybe instead of posting on Craigslist, you could go look for people who are posting on Craigslist to do this kind of thing. And then sort of be their agent for, for that kind of thing.
2: You know, it's funny you say agent. Now, I'm a homeowner. I bought my place for the first time. Toronto real estate's insane. So we finally got a place. And anything that I want to do is a huge pain in the ass. I wanted to install a kitchen cabinet. I wanted to get window blinds. And I wanted to remodel some things. Pretty much anything I want to do is super difficult. I go on Google. I find a contractor. They don't answer me. These guys don't know how to market themselves. Somebody comes in, never comes back. It's actually really, really difficult. You know what would be the best business? Is just simply a, I will manage like whatever you need to get done in your home business. Real estate agents should get into that. <laughs> first, person I, first person I go to whenever I have a problem is my real estate agent. He's, he's a really good agent, and he usually knows somebody, whether it was for home insurance or it was for kind of contractors. A really good real estate agent, like someone who was just elite, could have so many of these people the guy who does your window, the guy who cleans this, you know, cleaning services, um, home installation, smart. Like, if you knew the right people for all of those and just created like some kind of umbrella home management service wouldn't that guy be awesome if he was legit and I can go to him to replace my fridge and I can go to him to change the marble in my kitchen. I can go to him to like install a projector. Like who do I go to for all these things? Every time I want to do something, it's a huge pain in the butt. And that's the same with all my friends. Like one of the guys had a huge water damage, right? So it's been six months. He hasn't been able to move back in. It's, It's insane. The other guy, same thing, four months he's been out of his house and it's just crazy how difficult it is to do anything Let's be honest. I don't know about you guys, but I don't know how to do any of this stuff. My dad came and helped me move. Uh, he's, a, he's a master electrician, so he helped me move an outlet. It was super hard. I would never be able to do that. I'm not allowed to do that. But even if I was allowed, I would never be able to move that outlet. Or even like simple stuff around the house that I'm not capable of because I'm a millennial. I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think- I think this is the first time we've ever had like a major idea pivot in the center of an episode. <laughs> it's
2: like, no, 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 but no, telling- this is what you <laughs> I'm telling you, man, if somebody ever managed to be good enough, and I, and I think a real estate agent is kind of a natural fit for that because they're just in touch with so many homeowners who have so many homeowner issues. If they were to create some kind of umbrella business that was just a go-to, like the Google for home. I don't know what you'd call it, like Google for home, whatever. But like, where do you go? I don't know. I know for myself, it's a huge challenge. I've had these window blinds that I've been trying to replace for like three, four months. It sounds like it should be really easy to do, but it's not. Like, it's just not, it's not (laughs) Not, easy. It's not easy in the way that I describe easy. Like, if you want to buy a map board, we made that easy. Like you go online, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And it's like, that was the thing. Like, Like, for example, if you had like a weird piece of art, something that was like, no, 8 by 10 is the standard, right? You want a frame to frame 8 by 10 you go to Ikea, you go to Michael's, Walmart, they have frames. But if your art is 8 by 11 and three quarters, some weird right. size, or 6 by 12 it's suddenly either really, really expensive or really difficult until we came along. And that's what we've done, right? We've made it so a few clicks, it's done. I want to be able to do the same thing for every issue in my house, <laughs> from, from the windows, to the floors, to the walls. And I just want to go to one person, say, here's what I need. A few clicks later, it's ready, you know? And somebody create that business, please. I'll partner with you.
1: Here's what I've got for you. So first of all, that is an excellent idea. And it's basically people have property managers for their rental properties. Why not just have one for your own property? Because I think that would help. We actually had another idea come up for a vacation home, which was similar. So I'm going to bring us back to the central idea with an interesting twist. and that is. Maybe this is the business idea you go with. Maybe you want to be like the guy who gets all of the services that you need. But what you do is you start that business by starting a smart installation business. And you get in people's homes, you get to know them, and you say, did you enjoy that installation? Did that work out well for you? Here's my card. Listen, this is something else that I do. If you ever need anything else done in your house, I'm talking like replace the floors, paint the walls, you know, put in windows, like. Put the roof on, Scott, all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just give me a call and I'll hook you up. And and see where that goes, you know? And just be that person that's there for them, what they need. Just like make some partnerships, build some relationships and find the good folks that do the good work and keep track of them. I think that's the job that somebody like that does that homeowners can't do very well is follow up and say, oh, did they do a good job? Should you keep working with them? Was that a good deal? That kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think that's a you know, part in my fucking awesome idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, I, and I really think like, yeah, you get in there with a the smart home and you do a good job and I trust you. And you tell me that you can fix that crack in the wall, or that stupid plate, like for the phone <laughs> that broke. And it's like, like just come in my house and look around and find all the little shitty things that have been driving me crazy and just fix them all. Just fix them all. <laughs> I will pay you for every one of those things. Yeah, absolutely. That is what we need in this world more go-getters you know go-getters right
0: yeah i think it's funny because on one hand you have you have people who think it's so hard to create a business but on the other hand you have people out there who are like i just need this so bad i need this fixed and there's so many things it's not complicated stuff that you need help with it's just there aren't that many people who do a good job of of things like this to be frank so that's that's a really cool uh connection to make there
2: no, I, I think that the bar is a lot lower than people think. That's, can I just share one tidbit of advice, you know, from my entrepreneurial perspective? If you asked me 12 years ago, you know, about entrepreneurship, I always thought that every entrepreneur, everybody was successful, you know, knock on wood, you know, not to be, a brother, but I'm, ex- I'm successful now. Like now I can say I'm a successful person. Like now I'm like the one that people want to be, you know, you own a multimillion dollar business, you have the lifestyle, the whole thing. And I'm like, there's literally nothing about me that's like that special. I'll be very frank about it. Yes, I like, got lucky. And I think luck is always a big part of entrepreneurship. But it, more than anything, it's just belief. Like, don't think that the guy who's rich, like, and I, and I don't know, maybe Bill Gates is like some, he is, he's a genius. And Jeff Bezos. But like, Donald Trump's our president, not to get political, but like, you don't, you don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to be, I say our president. I'm not even American. He's a president. I, right? uh, I wasn't going to call you <laughs> um, Feels like he's like, yeah, because all I hear about is him, even here. But the point is that when you look at people like this who are super successful and they have lots of money or they have, what, what, what do you think? Like, are they smarter than you? Do You think they know something you don't know? Maybe they were afforded some opportunities. Maybe they got lucky. But the biggest thing was they believed and they tried. Or if it's not the biggest thing, it's definitely a prerequisite. If you don't believe and you don't try, you'll 100% never be successful. You miss 100% of the shots. You don't take Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Right? (laughs) Like (laughs) you gotta try. You gotta believe and you gotta try. And so when I went through my MBA, that was the number one thing. Because I would meet a lot of these CEOs and we'd have, you know, very successful people come. I would meet them and I'd say, that guy's really cool, that girl's really cool, she's smart. Not exceptional. There isn't like some unique quality. It's not like there's anything about them that that I'm not, right? So what I mean to say, like with this business, literally anybody who wants to could start. But you don't know anybody who started. I don't know anybody who does this. Well, I know one guy. You don't really know people who do these things. Somebody just do it and, and realize that if you believe in yourself and you go out there and you actually do it and you do a good job, you can be a successful entrepreneur. And it's 90% of it. I, a lot of it. A lot of it. I don't know about 90%, but a lot of it is literally just believing in yourself and starting and doing it. And You can use me as an example because there's nothing exceptionally you know, special about me or my partners but we just did it. We started a map board business. Yes, of course. I'm not trying to diminish you know, what we've done. It's a successful business. It requires intelligence. It requires business expertise. It requires you know, knowledge of the industry. And it's not that easy. Not anybody could do it, but it's also not impossibly hard that you have to be some kind of exceptional human being to make it happen either. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Like, that's kind of what I tell people. But most people don't even start. They don't even start, right? They don't believe in themselves enough to start. Um, So that's why this idea, I think, is powerful. You don't have to really believe in too much. There's not a lot of faith you got to put into this. Just go buy a bunch of smart home equipment, set up your house, throw a party, and go. That's it. You don't have to believe in like big business, entrepreneurship. You don't have to believe that someone's got to give you a ton of money. You don't have to believe in anything. You just literally can just wake up tomorrow, buy the stuff, and just go and see what happens. And then you'll be an entrepreneur. And then in 10 years from now, maybe you'll be rich and maybe you'll have everything you want.
0: That's awesome. That's an awesome place to to wrap up here. Love the passion that you're sharing with our listeners. If that's not something to light a fire under your butt and get you going, I don't know what is. So thank you for sharing that, Mehdi. If you're listening, you buy into this idea, you want to be an entrepreneur, you want something that's accessible, maybe you've been intimidated by some of the other ideas that we've had on this podcast, here's one that you can take. As Mehdi says, you can start it today. You'd start it tomorrow and run with it. So take some action, follow through on everything that Mehdi has outlined here. Email us, tell us what you've done. Let us know at update at runwithit.fm. One lucky listener will earn a free mentoring session from Mehdi. Probably not a business partnership on here because uh, he's got a big business going on. But at least you get your foot in the door, you can have a conversation with him and uh, start building some relationships. Mehdi, thank you very much for the time. It's been a great conversation. Where can people go to learn more about you and and learn more about Mapboard and More?
2: I mean, the best site is just mapboardandmore.com, right? So we ship anywhere in the US and we do any size, any color, any quantity, and it's easier than you think. That's kind of our tagline. But the idea with that is, you know, if you have any artwork that's been hanging around the house, if you know an artist who sells a lot of artwork, then just visit the site. And uh, I'm going to offer for your listeners a, a 10% off, so you can use coupon code RUNWITHIT, and I'm sure that'll be in the description as well. Uh, for 10% off, that'll be a limited-time offer, but if you have any questions or anything, just shoot me an email. I'll include my email with contact as well. But yeah, Mapboardamore.com. get your artwork framed, and if anybody has any questions about entrepreneurship or want to learn more about this idea or other ideas, I'm, I'm open anytime to, to help anybody out.
0: Cool. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you very much, Matty. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and we'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you.
1: Now, it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers, and one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started.